Welcome to this special edition of the Registers of Scotland podcast, which follows up on the amazing Future of Conveyancing conference, where hundreds of conveyancing professionals from across Scotland and the wider world joined us for two days to discuss the future of this exciting industry. I'm David Lee, and I'm today's podcast host. Fresh from hosting the Future of Conveyancing conference, I'm joined by Registers of Scotland Keeper and Chief Executive Jennifer Henderson, and we'll look back with Jennifer at the key highlights from the conference and explore what the future of conveyancing could look like in a digital world where COVID-19 has highlighted so much of the importance for fully accessible digital services. So thank you very much for joining me today, Jennifer. Um, time really flown by since the conference, which you opened and closed, and we'll come on to the event and some of the big issues raised soon. But first of all, for those who might not know too much about you and your job, could you just tell us a little about your role as Keeper and Chief Executive at Registers of Scotland? Thanks, David. And thank you very much for hosting the conference. It was a brilliant event and, and very inspiring, certainly for me and I hope for everybody who attended. So I'm Jennifer Henderson, Keeper and Chief Executive of Registers of Scotland. And what we do at Registers of Scotland is register land and property and other legal documents. And we make that information available to the public. The biggest thing people will know us for is our role in supporting the conveyancing process where we're in at the beginning when someone's interested in a house and their solicitor's finding out about it. And we're in at the end when they've bought it and they're needing to register their title. And yeah, very much the conference was about us hoping to inspire people to think about how that whole process might transform and embrace digital technology. Okay, so let's let's go to the conference. And the conference, we started off in Scotland, we went off to Australia, we came back via Estonia, England and Wales and, and, and made it back to Scotland in the end. And, and there was so much discussed. But let's start at the beginning, which, uh, as, as we know, is a very fine place to start. So how did the Future Conveyancing Conference come into being? And after such a kind of challenging year, did it feel the right time to bring the whole conveyancing community to, together? to discuss that kind of range of uh, digital issues and that real change that we've seen uh, during the pandemic? It's a great question. And, and I mean, the conference was something we were thinking about definitely prior to COVID. And we'd thought about it because, as I just described, Registers of Scotland is in at the beginning and in at the end of the conveyancing process. But a whole lot of other things happen in the middle. And we've really realised that if we are aspiring to provide a more digital service for the customers who work with us at the beginning and the end, we really that's going to be a better experience for the customers if the whole process is embracing digital. So we looked around and we thought, well, no one else seems to be organising that kind of discussion. Why don't we take the plunge, bring together the community of people who are involved in the conveyancing process, bring together some interesting speakers who can talk about those different parts of the process. And let's just motivate everybody to you know, think, yeah, we can really do this. We can transform this end-to-end -end process. So we're thinking about it before COVID. Absolutely the imperative has become even greater as we move out of the COVID crisis. I think what the last year has shown us is just how important that digital way of delivering services has become. So it seemed like an even more opportune moment to say we really do need to get everybody together and motivate that kind of action to, to really see through some of the benefits that we've started to see in the last year and I guess capitalise on the momentum to some extent. 
Okay, and we heard repeatedly throughout the conference that customer experience is key, and it, it sounds maybe a bit obvious and trite to to do that, but sometimes I think maybe there's a bit of a focus on the technology, there's a focus on we've created something really good here, and actually not maybe putting the customer right at the heart of things. And there was a great contribution from Ed Thompson at Gartner just saying that Generation Z or Gen Z, they don't want a low effort experience, but an effortless one. And that goes for house buying as, as, as much as anything else. So how do you think the conveyancing system in Scotland is doing in that respect, in, in offering that kind of effortless process? Uh, and what role is Registers of Scotland playing in that with its partners? So I think if you look at the um, developments in the last year, some of some of what the conveyancing system has done is absolutely transformational. You think about online viewings you think about the fact that you could now buy a house and be very clear on what you're getting without ever having visited that house so you know that move that has come about because of covid is i think making the whole home buying experience just much better i think other parts of the process haven't yet caught up to that experience so the actual legal process of you know going through the buying of the house once you've decided what you want to buy I think is still relatively paper-based in a lot of places it still involves turning up at a solicitor and presenting your ID maybe some solicitors have moved to being able to do that more digitally but um, and it still involves signing a physical paper copy of the documents and the contract to buy and things like that so I think we're on a journey but I think we are yeah, starting to think about, yeah, how do we make this seamless and effortless and on a par with the kind of experiences that people have when they do anything else in their life at the moment? In terms of the role Registers of Scotland is playing, I mean, absolutely, we recognise that some of the reason the process works like it works is because of how we need to work at the moment. We can only accept a document that's been, you know, hard copy signed by someone as part of that registration process. Now, we've got a digital way of that document being sent to us, but we still need that document to be signed with a wet signature. So there are things we need to do in order to enable the conveyancing professional to move to using digital signatures in that context. I think in the round, though, from a Registers of Scotland point of view, we are very focused on how we make things easier for our customer. We have a fantastic service design team who, whenever we are building a digital system that delivers to our customers, they work very closely with our customers. They make sure that we build something with the customer at the heart of it. We measure the customer effort score constantly. So any customers who use any of our digital services are asked to feedback on how easily they found that using it. And, and we, we, seek to make that score better and better um, and we address customer feedback I think one of the things of making the customer experience effortless is when customers tell you that something wasn't as easy as it should have been you adapt the system you roll out a new version of the system that adds that tweak that makes it the next time that customer comes along it is a completely seamless process um, final thing, I guess, quickly to say, David, on the on the kind of, you know, the interesting comparison around the different generations that might be coming in to buy houses. 
I think, yes, Ed covered the idea of sort of Generation Z and what their expectations are. That's the generation who've grown up doing everything online. Their life's lived online and they absolutely want to be able to buy a house through their phone, I would imagine. Um, but equally, at the other end of the spectrum, we'll have customers who maybe don't want to do it like that. So one of the things about making it effortless is making sure that we have we offer a service that meets customer needs, whatever that customer wants. We don't try and have a one-size-fits-all solution for all different types of customer. Okay, and you, you touched there, Jennifer, on uh, listening to feedback, and, and there was some very interesting feedback from the conference which showed very strong support for increasingly uh, digital services. Um, one of the questions that was asked of delegates was, should Registers of Scotland pursue a transition from the digital submission service towards fully digital land registration? And we had 99% of respondents saying saying yes. So how do you then, how does Registers take that feedback and kind of work it into your broader digital transformation plans? So we covered at the um, conference our digital roadmap. We had a great presentation from Steph, who's our head of product, just describing the journey we're on. Um, we mentioned that we had previously run a consultation, you know, widely across the community. So the results we saw at the conference very much mirrored that there is pretty much universal support for us going beyond the digital submission system that we've rolled out as a response to the pandemic baking that in you know let's not reverse but actually let's go further um there's a few things we've got to think about. So um, we've got to sort the legislation out. So at the moment, our digital submission system rests on emergency legislation. So we'd need to find a way of getting that resolved permanently. There are things that are out with ROS's control that we need to sort out. So um, our absolute vision is this idea where there's no paper in the process at all. So documents are digitally signed, there's structured data. We need to build the systems to deliver that, but we also need that kind of customer adoption of a slightly different way of working. Um, but I think, again, it was part of why we wanted to organise the conference was to really inspire everybody to see we want to do this, we can do this, and we're going to do this because it's absolutely possible if we all work together. So it's not only something we're thinking about in ROS, but I hope that as a result of the conference, it's something that the whole profession is really thinking about. What is it they need to do to be part of enabling the collective system to deliver this transformational approach to how we do both an end-to-end -end digital registration process, but within the context of an end-to-end -end digital conveyancing process. And the timescales that we're working to are, are fairly aggressive. I mean, we've got a very clear plan in the next couple of years to get as far down that path as we possibly can. And I really hope that we you know, are taking the profession with us and that they are wanting to almost run ahead of us and we are racing to catch up with them. Very interesting point there on timescales, Jennifer. I mean, it's often been said about not just conveyancing, but about all um, a wide range of business sectors, if you like, that things have moved much more quickly than people ever thought possible. And do you think, and this was one of the things that came up at the conference too, do you think that pace of change and that understanding of the ability to change quickly when necessary 
is really important going forward that that pace is maintained, perhaps not quite at the breakneck, breakneck pace of uh, spring 2020, but that that pace is maintained in moving towards these fully digitised services. I think, yes, we need to maintain the momentum. It would be a shame to sort of slow down and go back in the slow lane, if you like, having been in the fast lane moving forward. I, I would agree that perhaps the the pace we've had to deliver at in the last year, we could all just do with kind of bringing it down a notch. But one of the things I reflect on when I think about the last year is just, it's just shown people it's possible. I think we always worked in Registers of Scotland when we were developing digital systems, we worked very closely with our customers, but we were really conscious we had to convince our customers that they wanted to change. You know, as far as lots of people were concerned prior to COVID, the system was working, you know, and then there's always that sort of effort to change. I think what the last year did is it not only showed the pace at which we can build and deliver the technical solutions, but that actually it was surprisingly easy for people at pace to embrace and get used to that new way of working. And and, and that's the bit I think we want to continue to capitalise on to say, yeah, we really can introduce these things quickly and people can very quickly get used to that new way of working. And we'll look back on how they used to do things and think, can't believe I used to have to operate in that way. This new way of doing it is so much, so much better. And and you've talked there about you talked before about some of the legislative issues in in moving forward to more more digitised systems, and you touched there on the kind of cultural barriers as well. And I thought there was a very interesting contribution uh, at the conference from Crystal Kochik uh, about the Australian system, and she said some of the fiercest critics of digital change actually became its greatest advocates over time. And it was all about demonstrating yes, it works. Yes, it adds value. What did you think about what what Crystal talked about in terms of turning those critics into advocates and what lessons do you think we can maybe learn for Scotland? Crystal's presentation was a brilliant example of just showing that technically what we're looking to do can be done. I mean, I always always think when you're trying to deliver something new, you need the technology, you need the processes and you need the people. The technical barriers are basically gone. We, We know we can deliver this technically. Yeah, there's some process stuff to think about. One one of the conference comments that I saw was someone said, what we can't afford to do here is just replicate the paper process in digital form. We actually have to think, how do we improve the process by exploiting what the digital technology can give us rather than just build a digital version of the paper process? So, But I guess I think we can do that. But the people aspect is the key thing. Getting strong advocates for the change and and absolutely as crystal said getting people who perhaps previously would have been the skeptical voices to convert across to saying this is the best thing since sliced bread yeah i've had lots of lovely emails in the last year actually from customers who've got on board with the digital submission system but my favorite emails have come from people who've said i never in a million years thought i would be embracing submitting things to ros digitally but i love it the system you've built is so intuitive and i'm a total convert that you know that's just a fantastic advert for 
people who maybe always thought this is never going to be for me, I'm going to be long retired before, you know, conveyancing has gone digital, have absolutely been able to get on board, use the systems and wouldn't want to do it any other way. And, and those people telling those stories and advocating to their peers who maybe are still a little bit sceptical about whether it's the right thing to do is going to be what brings people along. We, we from Ros perspective, can do a certain amount of advocating for the changes, but the much more powerful advocates are the people who can say, I wasn't sure about it. Now I'm an absolutely convinced that this is the way of the future. Okay, so we've got that that cultural change you've talked about there. We've got the the technological change, which we we know uh, can happen, as you as you described. And another issue is trust um, in terms of that that information sharing, particularly when you're using any kind of personal data and fully digital services will require personal data. And that whole issue of privacy and trust does come to the forefront. And that really came to the fore in the conference with Ingmar Veli uh, from the Centre of Registers and Information Systems in Estonia, uh, where he raised some really fascinating questions around mandatory identity cards. And some delegates were resistant to the idea. Uh, others agreed with Ingmar to an extent that it gave great convenience in all aspects of life, not just the the, the, the land and, and home buying. Um, if it had strong built-in security features, I suppose that's the key. So what do you think Ingmar's presentation showed about where Scotland is sort of culturally in terms of that trust piece, but also in terms of the technology, in terms of things like electronic signatures and digital identities? Well, Ingmar's presentation was brilliant for just, again, showing what is possible And I thought the discussion about the degree to which uh, a digital identity card that you use to kind of digitally sign documents and digitally authenticate yourself for public services was a really interesting discussion. And and I think, yeah, I mean, clearly Estonia is a very different country and it's something that the population of Estonia has really embraced. I think here there would be a bigger sell because it's not something we've traditionally had and people, the the citizens of Scotland, would need to be convinced that the data was secure, who was going to have access to the data, how was it going to be used. But I think the onus is actually on everybody, government and, and the people involved in the profession, to really explain that this is this is you know a more secure way actually of how we would digitally authenticate people than what we have at the moment and we can keep the data safe and we can ensure that the people who only have access to it are only those who appropriately can access it and I just think we've got to get people on board with this and somebody made a really good comment about you know you I think it was at the conference, if you want to go and, um, you know, use particular online services these days, you have to digitally authenticate yourself to them, you know, to book a holiday for certain holiday providers, you're showing a copy of your passport and things. And and I think people can see, actually, if I just had a card, I could kind of tap on a reader associated with my computer and that was done. And that is a better, more, it's back to your point, David, about people want, you know, effortless solutions that's the effortless solution to what you're currently having to do in quite a manual and faffy way and actually probably a less secure way you know what we have now is less secure than what we could offer with a digital identity card so I just think that debate needs to accelerate and people need to 
we need to get there where there is a system that people can use and we need to get early adopters and we need to get champions for it and then people will start to follow and that unlocks a certain extra set of stuff we can then do in our systems so i think i think it just ingmar's presentation just promoted a really interesting debate about where we could be and why we're not there and some thoughts about how we get us there yeah, I thought, I thought it was really, um, really interesting when Ingmar just, uh, somebody asked him a, a question along those lines about trust and privacy. And he just said, but it's it's just so convenient. And it was, uh, and, and, and as you say, if that convenience can be married with that really kind of strong security, then that's when people will start to accept it if they, if they are convinced that the built-in security aspects are there. So just a final question on that. How, how do you think we're doing in Scotland in terms of that trust in, in the big, quick technological changes we've made over the last year at, at registers and in the broader conveyancing sector? Do you think people trust what's being done and, 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 the, and, are they happy with the scale and the pace of change broadly, both the sector itself and the customers? I, I personally think so. I mean, I suspect there's always going to be a spectrum. There are going to be some people who are very distrustful and sceptical. But I think I think an interesting thing has happened in the last year more generally in the country where some of the things the government has had to do, nothing to do with conveyancing. You know, you think about things like the vaccine rollout that has only been possible because of good integrated data that the government has that it can access centrally in order to make sure that everyone in the country is getting invited to come and have a vaccine as efficiently as possible. So I just think there are things like that where people have trust that that's been done well, that data has been well protected, but people have also seen the benefit of that kind of you know, using data to deliver a service. And I think that thinking that people will have about how beneficial that was will start to spill over into other public services they access and how, you know, they trust the underpinning digital systems that use those. So I think there are, yeah, there's some really interesting examples from the last year that I just think have made perhaps the penny drop for people. Oh, I see why the government might benefit from being able to share data, use data, and, and actually that benefits me as a citizen. So I, I, I think, yeah, there's an opportunity. And it's back to your point, David, about how we capitalise on the momentum and how we use this unique moment in history to say, yeah, we can drive forward on certain things because the appetite to accept them and to embrace them really is there. If we go back in the slow lane and we pootle along, that appetite might dissipate because people will forget about, you know, what a great thing it was. So that's that's a really good way of kind of moving on, Jennifer, to those three key uh, questions that were posed uh, at the conference. You know, what's been successful in the last year? How do we keep those benefits? What are the challenges ahead and what next steps do we need to take to move there? So let, let's start with what do you think has worked well in the last year and, and how do we keep those benefits? So I think the two things I would call out that have worked well is the absolute move to doing more things digitally. I mean, from a parochial roles perspective, our digital submission system is just transformational. It's transformational for us, how we work internally, and it's transformational for how our customers work. But in the wider conveyancing sector, I think all that stuff, you know, online viewing of houses, all that stuff is here to stay that, you know, we will not be going backwards from any of that. Um, and I think, 
how we retain the benefits of that is to just continue to march forward. You know, I, I think I could write a very long list of all the step by step changes that still need to be made to deliver that total effortless end to end rapid experience of purchasing a house. And I just think we need to start working through that list collaboratively across the conveyancing sector and ticking those things off one at a time as quickly as we can, but working with customers to make sure that, yeah, we're delivering upgrades to the service that meet their needs, that they can trust, that they can have confidence in. And we will arrive much more quickly than we think with that fully end-to-end digital registration system that sits within a fully digital end-to-end conveyancing system. And I guess it's worth reflecting on why that is that important other than just the effortlessness for the individual customer. It's important for Scotland as a country, the ease of doing business sort of when you look at a country and you look at, you know, attracting inward investment into things like property, making the conveyancing process world leading is going to be beneficial at a macroeconomic level, as well as for individual people having a more seamless and speedier experience of purchasing an individual property. And what do you see as the biggest challenges uh, ahead, Jennifer? You know, what are perhaps the really thorny areas that uh, we do have to really put our shoulder to the to, to the wheel and, and really push on? I think... It, it, you've already covered one of them. I think I think thinking about things like digital identity, digital signatures, and how those bits of the process get sorted are important. It's doable. I mean, we absolutely heard from conference speakers. Technically, it's doable. Culturally, it's doable in terms of you can get people on board with this, but we actually just need to get on and do it. You know, my, I think, I hope the conference is a move from great discussions and great conversations about what we might want to do into action of actually making those things happen. So I think the biggest challenge is that move from discussion to action and just getting enough willing people round the table virtually to, as you say, put their shoulder to the wheel and move these things forward. I also think that we need to not be held back by feeling like everything's got to be perfect and a fully fledged all singing all dancing solution straight away it's really interesting for me the digital submission system is a great example of a halfway house it isn't what we'd envisaged building if you'd gone pre-pandemic and said what is ros trying to do in terms of enabling people to submit digitally i'd have described to you the ultimate end state we're trying to get to You know, speed and necessity of the pandemic meant we had to deliver a halfway house. The halfway house has had fantastic benefits. So I think the other thing we need to overcome in terms of a challenge is let's not let perfect be the enemy of the good. Let's put our shoulder to the wheel and deliver those incremental improvements, because actually that will build up the momentum to get us to where we ultimately want to get to. But people will get benefit in the interim from those halfway house improvements. So in that context, Jennifer, you've touched on this a little bit, but what, you know, what next steps after after the conference, after bringing the whole conveyancing community together, after listening to international perspectives, what are maybe just one or two of the key steps that we we can take to continue that momentum as you've spoken about a few times during this conversation? 
I'm always a bit of a believer in identifying the kind of, you know, next for next few steps. So, yeah, what are the things that have come out of the conference that we need to get the right people round the table to go, okay, what are we actually going to do about this? How are we going to solve the digital signature problem so that we can get to the point where customers, and by customers, I not only mean solicitors, but the citizens of Scotland have access to a digital signature that they can sign sign digital documents with. How are we in Registers of Scotland going to build the necessary systems that allow us to accept those? How do we sort our processes out? How do we make sure that the legislative framework that sits around that is exactly what it needs to be? And I just think it's almost like a task force, isn't it? It's one of those things we just need to get a bunch of people swarming around that problem from the different sect, different parts of the sector that are part of the solution and just go, right, we're going to work this problem till it's solved. And then there's, you know, there's several of those problems that we could list out and we would bring slightly different people together to say, right, we're going to work on this till we solve this problem. And that is, that's fundamentally what I think the next step is to identify a small number of things we need to solve to take us to the next, next part of the process. Let's not worry about everything, that huge long list of everything that needs to solve. Let's not worry about that. Let's focus on a small number of things and getting them done and then move on to the next thing. So in terms of what Ros is going to do for the next steps, I think we are going to look at the feedback from the conference, look at what the, the sector and the attendees have said they think needs to happen next, work out where we think there is the what's the word, the will to do something about some of the problems that are in front of us. I think we're probably very willing to facilitate bringing the right people together and forming an action group. And, you know, the clue is in the title. Action is what we will be looking for. People who can come together and go, right, I can do this thing to start solving that part of the problem. And um, I think it's exciting. I'm I'm really looking forward to, you know, a year's time. You know, if we if we run the equivalent conference again, I'm really excited to think about what the presentations at that could be. That will just be about how much Scotland has moved on as a result of creating the momentum from everything that's happened in the last year. But this moment in time of going right, let's do it. Let's really take this situation forward and deliver what we can see Scotland needs. Okay, and you've you've summarised very well, Jennifer. But but just finally, just looking back on those uh, two days of the conference, what what one thing? What was one thing that that sort of jumped out to you, and uh, and and why did it jump out? I'm going to cheat on the question, David, and sort of have one and a half things. So the the thing that really jumped out to me is there is no fundamental barrier to where we're trying to get to. That you know we're not looking at a problem where there is a piece of technology that hasn't been invented or doesn't exist. You know we're not we're not waiting for a unicorn to get us to where we want to get to. So that was the thing that jumped out at me. That yeah, we absolutely can do this. And the half a thing that then jumped out at me is. But actually, it's no one person's problem to solve it. This is genuinely only going to get solved if the will of the whole community, the whole sector swarms around saying we want to move this problem forward. So, you know, in that sense, we, the sector, are the only thing that's standing between us and where we want to get to. But that means we're the thing that can drive the change and get there. And that's really exciting. You know, if there's no actual fundamental barrier. We just need to get on with it. I've got real hope we can do it. OK, thank you very much indeed, Jennifer. Some fantastic insights there. 
And from the outside, people might not think the future of conveyancing is a very exciting place to be, but it certainly is at the moment. Uh, and as Jennifer's already hinted, next year's conference is shaping up, hopefully, to be even bigger and better than this one. Um, some key takeaways from that discussion. There's so much there. Um, we know the technology can work. Uh, we know it can be adopted at pace. Uh, we need champions and advocates, particularly those who were maybe sceptical at the start, to take us on the journey. They're the best advocates of all. Customer experience has to remain a razor sharp focus, but that means working with customers in Generation Z, but also those customers who might want a slightly different experience of the of the whole process. So not serving one customer base to the exclusion of another. Um, and in summary, what Jennifer said at the end, great progress has been made, but it's all about moving from discussion to action. There are no fundamental barriers there. It won't be perfect straight away. But if everybody, as Jennifer said, gets swarming around the problem, gets on the bus, whatever metaphor you use, there is a great chance uh, of making further progress and taking both what Registers of Scotland is doing itself and that wider conveyancing system into a much better place. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe to it at anchor.fm slash Registers of Scotland. And you can listen to it on all the major streaming platforms. If you've got any comments, please uh, share them on social media. Uh, my name's David Lee. Thanks very much uh, to Jennifer Henderson for a fabulous insights today. And thank you all for listening.